listening to Artbox. Welcome. Welcome to our second episode. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Today we're talking to an oil painter, Eric Thor Sandberg. Um, Eric is based here in Washington, D.C., and he's known for his masterful oil paintings of the human figure and landscape. Um, now that really creative style is known as magic realism, and it really kind of pushes the envelope with skillful illusion. Um, he has been exhibited at public and private venues internationally, including the Baltimore Museum of Art, and he's also featured in numerous private collections. All right, let me kick it to our conversation with Eric. to Art Box, uh, Eric. Uh, I know you travel long and far to come over here in, in the weather. Like five miles. Five whole miles, I know. We, uh, I asked you to come on the show today because I wanted to talk to you about uh, your art and also what makes you tick and why you want to do that art. So uh, could you just tell us briefly a little bit about yourself, if you could? I was going to give you the answer to all three of those questions. I think it's vodka, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, wait, what? What do you want to know? Well, I'd like to know, uh, how did you get interested in, in, in oil painting? What what made, what made drew you to oil as opposed to doing like performance art or video or anything like that? Um, I, I, I played with it a little bit when I was like 10 years old. My grandmother locked me in a room and I, I hated it then I, and I didn't go back to it until I was in college. I just had a good teacher that uh, was smart enough to give us some oil paint. Uh, I'd done acrylic, I hated it, it was awful. Um, oil paint and that teacher, the combination, Margarita Kendall, she's actually kind of local to. That, the combination of those two things, like she, because she had a great mind for it, I mean, I, I, the way I would categorize what I would do would be probably the same category she puts herself in, like magic realism. So it was, I was kind of intrigued in what she painted, but also how she painted it, and just oil paint. I, I think the first painting we were assigned in a class at one point was just a self-portrait. I just painted for 14 hours straight without even stopping. And I'm like, this, I just, because I liked it that much. Relative to the previous semester I did acrylic, I hated it. I, I truly hate acrylic. I know, I know people can do amazing things with acrylic. I had to paint acrylic at Eaton this summer. It's just not for me. It's like, there's something so much, so different about it. Just it, it does dry fast. Yeah, oh, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta get used to that. And I can see why the, the lure of oil. Yeah. It, it, you have to actually add stuff to make it dry faster. Yeah, so. but just getting getting the layers. I think I think the flesh of of everything. I, literally, I, I love painting flesh. So when I painted flesh with oil, I mean, oil has a transparency to it that acrylic you can get. Again, I, I hate every person that comes to me and says, well, "Have you tried this medium?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah okay. <laughs> I could try a, a bunch of different things, but I'm like, oil already does it. Why not just use oil? I mean, yeah, it's a little more toxic, but. 
Um, What's a little toxicity? Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, it's not any more toxic than, than acrylics. <laughs> um, the There are some mediums that are pretty bad for you that I use, and I'm, I'm just dumb to keep using them, but, you know. <laughs> but I don't know what the nervous system is anyway, so... <laughs> That's the major thing affected. <laughs> so what, what drew you to, uh, to be attracted to uh, the tone of skin? Is it just with the texture or the color? or, or um, it's, it's a little bit of everything. I just I, I think when I started seeing blue in skin, and I, I know that's a weird thing to say, but and people some people people that don't paint or you know beginning painters just like go, what are you talking about? But I mean, if you look at just, I mean, the major ones, you can see there's like blue veins underneath the skin, but the way that light bounces around, everybody's going to have some cool or warm tones to their flesh. Most people just take something straight out of a tube and just, you know, this will work. I'm like, that's ridiculous. But when you start making these weird combinations, like I, I have vivid dreams in college, like about color combinations, and like I wake up and go, that's how I, I have to do it. And like I'd, I'd go and make a solution like in my dreams. And I don't do that anymore, but <laughs> oh, I'm you, having horrible dreams lately. Do you do a lot of undertone painting? Or? Yeah, I start with a grisaille. I hate saying that. I just call it underpainting because, you know, pfft. French words. Uh, yeah, I just call it underpainting. Yeah. Um, I just do underpaintings. I, I think that's honestly my favorite part to do. Fair enough. Because it's it's much more immediate. I don't mind just having the broad tone, black and white. It's just kind of nice. You have a high contrast going. Yeah. And then It's kind of fun, and it gives you just that much more immediate satisfaction to it. I do that, and then I build up at least two or three layers. Um, I know some people think with glazing, oh, who is it? Somebody told me, like, Titian would do up to, like, 40 layers in glazing. Yeah. That... And I'm like, well, he was doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably was doing it wrong, but, well, you know, or maybe yeah. he just liked glazing a lot. Yeah. Oh, no. I, it was. It's a weird thing. Thing. I really wanted to be able to do it because I would go to a museum and see like Van Eyck. Yeah, oh yeah. And I had no idea how he did that. Nobody ever taught me really how to do that. So I had to f stumble my way through it until I got to grad school. I was going to say it's usually, and then by that point in grad school, they expect you to stumble. Yeah. Well, I actually went to a school that was great and awful <laughs> for, I can relate for to that. things. Um, <laughs> I think most people do. I, grad school, everybody expects something, and they don't get that. Like, they think it's going to be constant parties or something, like it was an undergrad, and it's not. You kind of no, have you're to. you're the hashtag adult. You're an adult at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, I went to, a, to George Washington University and um, didn't really let you just do what you wanted. They wanted wanted you to do all the technical stuff. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> I want to do this body of work. And I'm like, I got, I think that's one of my, I got my gallery representation for the first time in grad school. So I'm like, I'm, I'm already accomplished. No, I didn't, I didn't really say that ever out loud, but I was just like, why do I need to do this basic stuff? No, I, I, I'm very self-deprecating. I never, I never think I'm doing well. So as I'm, every time you, you compliment me. Yeah. You always say something to bring me down. Yeah. That's what I do. Oh my God, I did that on the way here. <laughs> somebody was somebody was nice to me and I just, I turned and I said something to them and I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? I'm not even gonna recount it, oh my God. Now, do you think that's a result because you're uh, just working by yourself all the time? Maybe, um, probably upbringing. No. Um, you can't blame the parents for everything. No, I, you know what? I honestly, somebody sent me a, a link to something and like I'm, I'm, I'm mostly Finnish descent wise. And apparently a lot of Finnish people are like me, and I'm like, wow, maybe I need to go there. It's a country full of miserable people, and they want to be alone. <laughs> and never share emotions. <laughs> maybe we'll edit this part out. We don't, oh, we don't want to offend Finland. Oh, come on. We have a large fan base there. Actually. Oh, do you? Yeah, we do. Oh, cool. We do? No, we don't. I just oh, made that oh. up. <laughs> I bought it. Yeah, I did too. I did. <laughs> but like, there are memes about just Finnish people and not wanting to like stand close to people. And, but don't like, they have like really good death metal? 
They do. Um, so that compensates. They have they have fun stuff. It's just but but it's just like the open. They're not a warm people. <laughs> So you're a cold, humble person. I, I'm honestly the most uh, emotionally um, intelligent person in my family. So I, I like to think <laughs> I'm okay. You know, I do this whole art thing. It makes me think. Like sitting alone all the time, you think I'd be worse for that. But I'm actually better. Yeah, I was because say, I think, oh well, this isn't right. This is good. This is bad. I should not do that. Yeah, you don't have shower thoughts because you're always talking to yourself. Oh so. no, I don't like thinking. Yeah, when, I, when I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that sounds bad. So you you paint a lot of human subjects. You talked yep. about flesh. Like, mm -hmm. is that a way to maybe connect with humanity in a certain way? It is. Um, I I hate saying like I think about the human condition. I I sometimes hate hearing artists talk because. It just sounds so full of themselves. I, I, I just. Well, it's also repeat. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, yeah, but I, I do paint things that I, I think are kind of universal to the human condition. I, I try to at least, even though people don't immediately see that. I don't want it to be something that you immediately see because I mean that that's Norman Rockwell. I love Norman Rockwell, but it's like, oh, I don't want to be Norman Rockwell. I, I, I do magic realism, which I hate that label in art, but it's the closest thing that fits my stuff. And I like the weirdness. I like the thing that you have to investigate where the audience has to fill in the blank. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I've had one, two paintings where I didn't have a figure in it, a human figure in it. I had a porta potty in one, you know, nice landscape. <laughs> it was close. It's close. I mean, it, it's still the evidence of humanity. And I, that was what it was all about. It was like, oh, and this, it was, I tried to do a nice pastoral scene and with the porta potty plopped right in the middle of it. I'm like, just, so I was down on people at that point. I don't know. <laughs> at that point. Well, um, I was going to say, yeah, maybe you were just having a bad month or two. I mean, you know, it's it been a bad decade or two. Yeah, I, think, so. <laughs> yeah I, I worked with a person who can't listen to 70s rock. I have oddly gotten into 70s rock. You say that. I'm like, I, I used to hate it. Now I'm like, it's, there's so much depressing stuff about 70s music in general. You know, you're right now thinking about it. It's all just, wow, like song, songs I never listened to when I was a kid. I'm like, I listen to it now and it's, that's just, that's not like cool. Like Hotel California yeah. is a very sad oh, song. Oh, yeah. very sad. The yeah. Pina Colada song, I'm like, oh, oh he's, yeah. he was cheating on his girlfriend. Like yeah. that's a jerk move. She was, oh, and then they're happy together. Why would they be happy together? Yeah, I know. That's why I prefer Yacht Rock, honestly. It's just so much more pleasant oh, yeah. to listen to. I mostly listen to audiobooks when I'm working, so like, because I, I just... Do you, do you listen to podcasts or... or I do. Um, Dana Gould podcast might be my favorite right now, but he only does one a month kind of thing. Um, and The Weekly Planet, I, I hate admitting that, but... That's okay. It's all right. It's a comic book podcast. Yeah, no, it's like I said, it's fine. From Australia, though. They're pretty funny. Well, because my guilty pleasure is actually watching BBC Mysteries. Oh. So, you know. Miss Marple? Miss Marple, or but my, my dead favorite one is actually Midsummer. Oh, Murder, I love so. that show. Yeah. So, I haven't done that in a while. I mean, I, I used to like Poirot. I mean, I, oh, yeah. Well, you, oh, come on. You got to like Poirot. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a Columbo theater. man myself. So Yeah, I like Columbo. I mean, it's just my, my wife sometimes, you know, and I will debate who's better, but I still think Poirot is, even though I do like Columbo. I just like seeing the hair and the car and he's just he's so so annoying that it's just kind yeah, of he's fun. annoying mm -hmm. and he's disheveled and it's just it's just a great representation of uh, absent-minded but yet he's on you the whole time he always gets his person yeah just watch the jack cassidy ones if if you ever have a doubt what's awesome about colombo ex-nazi or maybe as a current nazi magician <laughs> that killed somebody like ooh, that's that's like the second episode maybe i don't know it's great yeah 
Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to uh, definitely... Uh, and Johnny Cash shows up at yeah, some point. Johnny Cash. Now, now you're going to make me want to watch that tonight. I know. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. It was for a while. They might have taken it off. That's fine. I'll find a way to get it. Oh, yeah. Don't you Somewhere. worry. Maybe Crackle. Yeah, Crackle. No, yeah. We're not endorsing any, no. anybody, no. Um, We're not being paid for this. No. But Columbo's pretty awesome. He is awesome. Just have to do the disclaimer, you know, yeah. is we okay. are a non-profit. So. Oh. We name-dropping all of these. Yeah, name-drop name Columbo. I didn't wear my jacket with all my, like, yeah, product you, placement on it. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So have you ever been sponsored by any manufacturer, like, of paints or, or no. canvas? No. No one wants my stuff to have their name on it <laughs> well, I, I was just curious yeah do you know anyone that has I I'm trying to think I've only met one guy I've maybe met a couple of people and I can't remember the exact products but but they had like backing and like it was and because it had somehow related to what they were doing yeah like a like a car manufacturer I can't remember what it was but somebody was doing something with cars and they could somehow were getting parts from them they said hey can you if we do this we'll make it a big thing and they it wasn't oh. a big sponsorship but there was a little logo on something they had so what well, well, because this guy, he, he got, like, sponsored by uh, a company, a paint company that I can't say. Mm. But um, he, yeah, all he had to do was just go do seminars hmm. and use their paints. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it seems a little uh, interesting to me that, that that's not a path that I think that I, I would want to go down is get sponsored by a place. But then I started realizing, oh, he gets free paint. Yeah. I'd do it in a heartbeat. You yeah. kidding me? <laughs> so then, a lot of musicians, you know, yeah, and, that's what and like, producers have oh. kind of So I got like over that. that. Oh, and yeah. now it's like, I hope I get sponsored one day. I mean, if Old Holland wants to send me a jacket with a bunch of paint, too, I'll wear that jacket all the time, Old Holland. <laughs> Van Gogh paint's actually pretty decent for me. I like that. Maybe it would be a vest. Yeah. With, if it had little pockets for brushes and stuff. You might like, have to do YouTube videos and, oh, you know. Yeah. I watch them sometimes, and I, they always make horrible music choices. They do. I mean, I, I, I teach, so every once in a while I want to send a link to something to my students, and nine times out of ten, the, the music choices are awful. I, I, I just wish they would stop that, because I'm like, ooh, you know what you're doing. Oh, you backed it with horrible, horrible ear-gouging music. That's... You know that's aesthetic. Someone out there loves that. It is. They thought it was a win. It, they yeah. did, but I'd rather just hear silence in the background. So what? How did you, or, or what got you into teaching? Uh, was it just um, besides the practicality? When I was again, when I was an undergrad, I, uh, my my teacher, she wanted me to be her assistant for a class, a TA, and. It was kind of fun. I, I kept doing it, and I had I covered for some of her classes. I actually really enjoyed it, and I got pretty good results from students. I mean, I, I, I could see that I was helping people because I, I remembered all the stuff that people didn't teach me. <laughs> and I was like, here's what you want to know about. Don't worry about this other stuff. So, you know, one thing I don't like is I don't like when people try to teach students to become little versions of them. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. Um, I've had a couple people try. Like they liked my. They, I don't even tell them I make work most of the time, or I never. I, I'm kind of fortunate. There are about five different Eric Sandbergs out there that do figurative art. You wouldn't <laughs> think so. Yeah, there, there's like uh, three other people out there with my name that do the do art too. So yeah. So I, so I just lie sometimes and go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the one that does the hairy people. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they, they buy it because they're also lazy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, no offense. The students just go, oh, oh here it is, yeah. There's the hairy thing. Yeah. yeah, wow, that's cool, man. <laughs> yep. 
and then they just they never look at it again so i try to tell people like look at who your teacher is what they do see if you're gonna learn anything from them well extrapolate something yeah yeah i mean well, like see if they have anything to teach you to yeah yeah because i had a, a rendering teacher who uh basically didn't teach us anything but what not to do yeah because he would always would like come by and look at your work and just oh can i can i paint that yeah and he'd mess it up and he's like oh i'm sorry you have to fix it now it's like well thanks <laughs> thanks a lot and uh see i wouldn't do that i would actually like if i was doing like glazing with yeah. with a painting class it, you know, they've got their underpainting, so that's solid already. It's not moving anywhere. And then I would, I'd go, well, let me, let me just show you what you need to do on a paint. And I, I'm not, this isn't bragging, but I'm like, it's better than what they could do. So they were impressed. I, I'm not saying I did something great. Yeah. But I, would, I would do something, and it was, and sometimes it was, it was nice. And I'm like, here, look, see, that's how you do it. And I, I, I made one woman cry. There was. An, <laughs> Cause, wow! Because I okay, wiped. You have to tell me this story. Because I just, I was like, okay, see, see how it's done. And then I just took uh, turpentine and threw it all over, it and just it went away. Like, oh, she. But but she still had her underpainting. That, yeah. And, but I mean, I had painted the entire thing. Yeah. And I just showed her how to do it. I'm like, now you do it. Now it's your turn. Start over. <laughs> do that. Well, she didn't have to start from scratch. I mean, just let you do that. I don't know. Some people want that though. And I'm, I, I used to be one of those people I don't want to touch a student's drawing or painting because I didn't like that when I was in school. Yeah. But oh my God, it's just so much easier sometimes. Just just give me that here. See, <laughs> when you're doing like this yeah, but for one line, I'm like here, he there, one line. It up, it's like oh, I sorry, you just got to fix it now. Yeah. Uh, so. But see, I don't I don't want to screw it up. But <laughs> I would never. I'd, if I did that, I'd feel bad. But like sometimes you just just do a line like this instead of 20 little lines. I guess it's also through experience. You're like, after a while, you probably just couldn't resist. Do you remember that first time? You're like, ah, just let me do it. it I don't remember the exact first time, but man, I, I, it's weird. After I teach like a drawing class, I'm so much better at drawing because I'm just so frustrated watching people draw. And I'm like, I just leave. And I'm like, okay, I can draw so much better than they can. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes me feel better. <laughs> So it's like a skill builder. It is, because, I mean, honestly, teaching, that was one of the f great things about it. Like, I had to think about what I was doing a lot more. Like, when I took, like, fundamentals classes, I didn't, I didn't care about what, I was, I'm like every other, I was like every person out there. I'm like, uh, I just want to do something cool. Like, yeah. And you're not thinking about rhythm and balance and, you know, whatever. And, and composition yeah, like, at all. Composition suffers if you go through, if you don't go through that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, having to teach it, I was like all of a sudden thinking, wait, maybe if I have a red up here, I should balance it with a reddish color down here. The weight of which we can change. I don't know, stupid things like that, but it, it helped. I didn't Bob Ross there for a second. Uh, didn't say happy at any point. No, but <laughs> I would never paint anything well, happy. Because we just established that you're not, so... Although I really want to paint people smiling in paintings, but like sour like sickly smiles like <laughs> just i don't i don't even know if i can do it but I'm, i want to find some models that can just do these sour sickly smiles do, do, do you work with live models or do you... i do sometimes like for small stuff all my small paintings i do for my head um uh anything larger than that as a figure goes i I hire people. So something about it's like two feet or bigger. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've got the series of. I guess they're about that big. I, I it's just always fun to do that. I I used to do this kind of cycle of doing small figures, doing like life size figures, and then I do like really, I do like figures that if they were standing, they'd be like 11 feet tall. I yeah. did one of those, which was not, not something I should do often because nobody has room for that in their house. Well, no, they don't, but someone uh, might. Yeah. Um, it's rolled up in my garage right now, that one painting. 
But I mean, I did a bunch. I've done a bunch of figures that size, but I would always have them like a little more crouched down or something. Oh. So it was more manageable. They'd just be like seven or eight feet tall instead of 11. But I'd, I'd go through that weird cycle of small, medium, and then large, and then go back to small. And it was just, because the small stuff, I really get the ideas out a lot more there. Um, hiring people and finding the right props and doing all that kind of stuff is just kind of a pain in the butt. Um, that that's a good question. I, 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 so, do you are you another uh, are you a prop collector yourself or? Well, my dad was an antique dealer, um, oh, so I used to go to auctions and he'd come back with stuff all the time and like, oh, I'll take that and that and that. My old studio that we had on H Street, um, we had that for twelve or thirteen years, and I had so much stuff accumulated in there. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah, I'm. I, it's weird. I don't. It's weird to me that people don't collect things, because I always have. Um, I have collections of many different stupid things. I mean, I have like these 1960s uh, plastic cowboys. They're about yay tall, and uh, but I only collect the ones where they're being shot, because <laughs> they're like they're still, but they're like there's like Ugh, like. Ooh. But, you know, they're like grabbing their stomach and they're falling backwards, their hats tipped up. And I'm like, I didn't know these existed. But then I collected like six or seven. I'm s There's still like a Daniel Boone type guy. He's got the, the raccoon skin cap and he's being shot. I think he's getting arrows shot so into him. But I'm like, I want suffering. that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why did you smile there? That <laughs> I made you very You know, again, I know I, I, I paint and I like the dark stuff in life, but I think anybody that says they don't, um, they don't like a good narrative. And I, don't, I mean, that's what I do with my artwork. I make narrative artwork. Yes, you do. You really do, yeah. Um, but, like, think about any movie or book you've ever read. If it didn't have ugliness to it would it really be that good a book like yeah you wouldn't be it's interested. it's a reference book yeah. at that point it's a cookbook <laughs> who cares <laughs> i mean you, you need some kind of conflict not that i want that in my life but it's just and like fear. it's oh yeah it's 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 fun um it, it's entertaining you want somebody to overcome something Mm -hmm. yeah, and you if want to it's that yeah. sometimes the uglier are, it is, some, it's, sometimes yeah. it's more fun. So I'm fun that. again. I know, but <laughs> it's it's more of a, an accomplishment to come some, overcome something uglier and worse. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I, I know a lot of people out there don't like to admit it, but I'm I fully admit that. Like I I hate myself a lot of the time because of just things about me that I wish were better. And I'm like, yeah, I I I've done things I don't. I'm not that proud of nothing horrible. I figured nothing not, horrible. You're, you're not in jail, so <sighs> I've been visited by the FBI. So uh, well, let's go back to the narratives. What kind of narratives do you? What kind of narratives that, that strike you in, in within your paintings? What motivates you to, to tell the, the stories within your paintings? Um, a lot of times it's just something personal, something I want to explore about myself. Sometimes and not as often, it's something I'm seeing going on in the world. Um, lately, though, I, it's I'm doing these kind of. I don't even know what I want to call them, but like, I, and I don't know exactly how to describe them, but it's just like kind of scenarios of just like showing life. I know that's a broad thing, but it's like some kind of struggle and it's somebody kind of representing some, and again, this is explaining art, I hate it sometimes, but somebody kind of, you know, representing life and then somebody's represent or something is representing death, just and kind of the relationship between them. So, it, and it just sounds like the broadest idea ever, but I like what I'm doing right now with it. 
Um, I don't know if anybody else is going to like it, but uh, so. Well, should it matter? Um, for my mortgage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, because I, I, I'd love to say I just do it for me. Um, I used to, but uh, yeah, I, I need to pay pay the mortgage. I'm, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> you know, it, it's difficult to make a living yep. as an artist, um, particularly in this area. Um, do you have any advice maybe for other artists who are out there who might be either um, struggling to make it or establish themselves in some type of way? On the establishing themselves part, I always tell people, I mean, the way I did it, I don't, I, I think you could still do it all in these in this way, but it's so much easier probably now to, to access some things. I know I'm... I'm I'm not giving the kids these days the credit, but I, I'm just saying in terms of showing stuff, you still have to make the work and that's difficult, but mm -hmm. I'd have to go to Tower Records that doesn't exist anymore yeah. um, <laughs> and get, I think it was the Art Papers magazine. And I'd go through that when I was in college and I'm like, I'd look for shows. They were, there would always be juried shows. Um, you got to get yourself out there. You got to get people to see it. So how do you do that? You try to get into shows um, <clears throat> as a, as a fine artist. Yeah. So it's, so so I would do that. I'd open up this thing and say, what's what's going to be the best for me? And like, if you can't, especially now, this is why I'm saying it's a little easier now. You don't have to go to Tower Records. You don't have to buy this art paper magazine for 12 bucks, back, which was back then was expensive for a college student. You can also now look up the jurors. And I, I know that sounds a little weird. You think you should be able to just enter any show and you'd be able to get in. But if somebody doesn't like figurative stuff, there might not be no point in entering it. You can see what their tastes are a lot of times and enter it. And I just think, I mean, set goals for yourself. Once you start showing, set other goals for yourself to show regionally, show internationally, nationally, reverse that. But like set goals for yourself to get into things and keep up in your game. Be your worst, own worst critic because a lot of people think they're the most awesome thing in the world, which is not great, I think. Thank you for joining us for Artbox. A uh, big thank you to Eric Thor Sandberg, um, talented artist. Many thank you for many thank yous for joining us for our second episode. This is a big big deal for us. You can find out more about Eric and his work at ericthorsandberg.com. That's his website. He's also on Instagram at Shore Thor Shimmer. That's T H O R underscore S H I M M E R. And of course, you can follow Artbox. Hit us up on Instagram and see what we're up to. We're also on Twitter and we have a mix cloud now and we are Artbox in the DMV. So if you ever miss an episode live, you can catch us on Mixcloud.